Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Yearbooking Report podcast. I'm Sky Geezy, 20-year Jostens representative, also certified journalism educator for my friends at JEA, and a lifelong journalist, broadcaster, and storyteller. I like telling stories, and I think we've got a pretty good story for you in this episode today. We're going to talk about yearbook production. Now, of course, uh, that seems so simple. Well, you make a book, it's done, you get them to school, they hand them out. No, it's not simple. And boy, there is a lot of things that happen behind the scenes that a lot of folks really don't know about. Of course, uh, there are only, if you will, a handful of yearbook production facilities across the country. And for the giant majority of people, they'll never have a chance to go to one because simply it's too far away. So through this podcast, we're going to see if we can kind of bring it to you. As we talked recently with our friend Jennifer G. Now, Jennifer is a production manager for Jostens at the facility in Clarksville, Tennessee. Now, if I'm correct, Clarksville is, I think, by far the largest yearbooking facility on planet Earth. Large meaning about a 550,000 square foot building, a 75-acre property. It is big. Hundreds of people work there all with the same dedication to make the best yearbooks on the planet. And so we decided to talk to Jennifer to try to get some inside information about what exactly happens there. Also things like the importance of deadlines, hitting deadlines, and some other facets of yearbook production. And Jennifer was able to fill us in recently with some very interesting background details. All right. Now, first off, Jennifer, I appreciate you taking some time today because you're uh, based at our facility in Clarksville, Tennessee, and I know that you're super busy uh, with the holidays and all that sort of stuff coming up. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about things about performance and some interesting sidelights that maybe a lot of people don't get a chance to uh, to get a look at. Now, first off, Jennifer, do me a favor. Just sort of tell everybody sort of about yourself you know, what exactly do you do? How long have you been with Jostens and so on? Okay. Sure. I've been with Jostens for 16 years. Um, I started out in our plant customer service as a plant consultant, and I did that for 10 years. So I worked a lot with advisors and schools and, and reps for many, many years. Um, then after doing that for about 10 years, I went to managing a production department. I actually helped manage the department that we call copy prep. It's where your pages get um, looked at first when they come into the plant. Um, and then after that, I started working more and more on projects, um, specifically projects that need to be implemented in the plant. Um, so, you know, when corporate has different ideas or reps, you know, anyone who has new products and things that need to be implemented in the plant, I help figure out how to make that happen. Um, because with my experience working directly with schools um, and in production, it's, it's a little bit of a unique circumstance. So I help make projects happen. Um, I also, uh, I'm a parent of a high schooler, and years ago when he was in elementary school, I was actually his uh, parent yearbook advisor for his school uh, for about three years. So I've seen yearbook from a lot of different angles. In high school, I was even uh, on the yearbook staff. So I've always been involved with the yearbook, and I love it. So, so you've done everything. A little bit, a little bit, and that's pretty dangerous. <laughs> More than a little bit, I think. Um, now, I'm curious. You said that you were a plant consultant for 10 years, right. and I'm going to assume there are a lot of folks that listen to the podcast. Maybe they're not necessarily working with Jostens and so on. 
but they're working with another company perhaps or they're with us um, and I'm assuming these other folks have a similar position but a lot of folks I think don't quite understand what exactly does a plant consultant do in other words uh, I work I work with my particular person those folks across the country and probably with other companies as well what exactly do they do well they are your point of contact for yearbook advisors and and reps to just help facilitate the yearbook printing process from end to end um, they need to know a little bit about a whole lot they need to know um, what happens at summer workshops and and how that process goes all the way from the very beginning all the way to the end um, of what it takes to get a yearbook shipped out of the plant on time um, and meeting the customers expectations so they have to be familiar with the production process all along the way um, they need to be a little bit of an expert on print quality a little bit of an expert on technology um, a little bit of an expert on um, just problem solving anything that an advisor um, may come up with uh, that's what they do you know they're they're supposed to be the liaison between you and production and then production and you so um, one of the main things that I, I know a lot of people know their consultant for is is that phone call to say hey we noticed you have a misspelling in this headline did you want to go ahead and have us fix that for you or even things that aren't so obvious but um, you know they're going to be the one to reach out to you as a as a yearbook advisor to get questions answered um, and then also within the plant they're your representative they are who production will come to to say hey we noticed this problem um, can you reach out to them um, and then if you need to tell us something in the plant to make sure that your book is moving smoothly um, then they're that contact as well that they're that one point of contact in the plant that's supposed to be the expert on your book so you're a miracle worker we try. We try. Occasionally. Yearbook miracles do occasionally happen. Oh, I think it happens a lot. Uh, yeah. But uh, let me go. There's a lot of different um, production facilities across the country. And again, I'm assuming there are people that don't necessarily work with Jostens who are listening in and so on. However, if I localize this to Jostens, we, of course, have our, our uh, facilities in Clarksville, Tennessee, where you are, right. and out in Visalia, California, on the other side of the Rockies, so to speak. Yeah. And describe, now you know Clarksville obviously, describe that place. I refer to Clarksville as the super facility, not only because it's huge, really big, but some of the amazing things that they do there. So you're there in Clarksville. Describe this place because I'm assuming a lot of folks that will have either have never been there will never get a chance to go there because they're too far away. Describe this place. What's it like? Well, first of all, there's 14 acres under the roof. So to give you an idea of size, it's 14 acres with a roof on it. Um, we have, you know, a huge press room. We have all of our cover capabilities here. Um, we have a, a bindery. We have a digital printing area. Um, we literally have golf carts in the plant to help us get to the back if we need to, or if you're, you know, carting stuff back there with you, um, we have that. Um, we have state-of-the-art equipment you know we're frequently bringing in the newest stuff that we can the newest equipment to make sure that um, we're able to meet requirements and offer the cool new stuff that uh, yearbook advisors want new applications for covers um, new the latest binding tech 
technology, the latest printing technology of all different kinds. Um, so it, it's really fun to work here, um, but it's big. It's definitely big, and, and there's definitely an energy here, especially during some of our peak seasons. Now, there's a railroad track that yeah. runs through the building, not outside the building, through the building. What does that do? That is correct. We have a what we call a sheeting operation here where we get large, large rolls of paper um, that are, which I'm not tall, but they're bigger than me. Um, we have to be very, I mean, it's almost a safety issue because they stack them up to the top, so we have to be very careful. There are rules about how they get transported. But in order for all those very large rolls of paper to come into the plant, we do have rail cars that bring them in because we get them by the tons. Um, and then we stack them to the very, very high ceiling. And then that's how we go through. Offset printing requires sheet, sheet-fed printing. Um, and so we get these large rolls, and then we cut them down to the proper size of paper that we need. Um, and uh, then we can put them through production and ship them out to other facilities. But, yes, there is a train. It comes in. I tried to convince them to let kids ride it, uh, you know, when they've had open houses for employees in the vest. And obviously we don't do that. But, um, but yes, it's, it's fun to have a train in the building. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I like that idea. we got to sell that idea. That's a good one, train rides. Train rides would be fun. Yeah, okay. We'll get back to more of our interview with Jennifer G., Jostin's production manager, coming up in just a moment. Now, if you didn't know this already, and this is for anybody listening, well, let's say any yearbook person listening, okay, our Jostin's photo contest is underway. This is our annual event, and this year maybe it's a little extra special. First off, again, it is for any yearbooker out there. You don't necessarily have to work with Jostin's. We take entries from anybody. Now, keep in mind, this is a yearbook contest. So for photos, these would be photos that would end up in somebody's yearbook, not just any old photos. We have a website, jostinsphotocontest.com. Check it out. All the information is there. The rules are there. Make sure you check over the rules. One important rule especially if you have pictures of people that you end up uh, entering in the contest, you need to get their written permission in order to use an image of them. That's kind of important, so don't look over that one. Deadline is March 1st, but as uh, we're telling folks, hey, come on, don't wait that long. This is easily done online. It is free. It doesn't cost anything. And there are a ton of categories. We'll mention one, there is a separate middle school category so that the younger students aren't necessarily going up against the older students. But at the high school level and such, a whole boatload of categories, individuals can enter up to three images per category. So if you have a Cracker Jack photographer on your staff that's really doing some good work, absolutely encourage them to enter this year's Jostin's Photo Contest. There are prizes, of course, cash money, camera equipment, top-notch there, lots of other stuff. What's interesting this year, a new little wrinkle, is that the winners and placers will be shown at a special art exhibition at a New York City art gallery later in 2019. Now that's pretty cool to say you have your work in your own art exhibition. Not too many people can make that claim. So even if you think, well, I think this picture's pretty good, even if you think it's just pretty good, who knows? Maybe it's better than you might think. How do you know? 
enter the photo contest. Worst that happens is nothing. All right, so why not enter? Maybe enter several images, and who knows? You could be a star next year on uh, a New York City art gallery exhibition, in our annual Jostens Lookbook, on some websites and elsewhere. But we're looking for your entry, so don't be shy. JostensPhotoContest.com is the website address. Go there and get yourself entered. Coming up now, we're going to talk about yearbook production. Now, this next... Uh, episode or a section of our episode with our friend Jennifer G from Jostens. We're going to talk about how a book is actually made. Now, again, most folks really don't have any idea how a book is made because they're just too far away from any kind of a production facility. And yeah, you can look at pictures and so on, but it's just not the same. So we asked Jennifer to give us kind of a rundown from the very beginning to the very end. How exactly do we make a book if you think you know, get ready. You might be surprised. Now, again, I'm going to assume that, again, folks, different companies, whatever, they probably have never visited a printing facility, and they just never will because it's too far away. So let's do sort of a, a Cliff Notes version here, so to speak, because in my work and in my travels, I encounter some folks, they really don't know how a book is made. They really don't know. Um a lot of folks, I assume, have printers at their home, and of course, one piece of paper comes out at a time, and I think a lot of folks may have the idea that we just print out one page at a time, then we cram it all together in a cover, and we slap it with glue, and that's it. Folks, that's not how you make a book. So Jennifer, let's, let's do the brief version as best we can, sort of from beginning to end. How exactly do we make a book anyway? Well... Number one, you submit your pages. So as we get pages, um, there's multiple ways you can submit them. Um, they come in online. You may have made them with uh, an Adobe product or, or some other products that we have. So your pages get here, and you can submit them one at a time. And as your pages come in, we look at every page. Call, I call it the copy prep area, that their job is to review each page. Um, we also have an ad program, and it's that same group that looks over every single ad and puts it on a page for you. Um, so we're reviewing, you know, the top, top 10 uh, misspelled headlines. Um, we're looking at picture quality, uh, just, it, just any of those things. We check your portraits to make sure the names seem to match up with boy and girl as best as we can. I mean, it's a quick review, but we do look at every single page. Um, so once those pages are done, we, we move them into a queue waiting for more pages. Um, we print in signatures. So as it goes through the process, it waits. And when there are uh, 16 pages, which is a signature, um, that are ready, then we review it in our next step. Um, and that's where it's an imposition or imposed, which is basically all the pages are on a sheet and they're in the right order that when we fold it perfectly, it will be in the right order. So first it's in this system where we're looking at it on the screen, all those 16 pages together. Some of them are upside down and everything, but they're in the right order. So another person is looking at it again, um, just to make sure that this is a good place to see that it's not gonna get trimmed off in the wrong way. And you know, just it's another person reviewing the pages quickly. Um, once all those 16 pages are reviewed and they look okay, then we send it into our plate department. 
Um, plates are required for the offset printing process. For a color page, you need four different layers and for a sheet, there's eight pages on one side, which we call a multiple, and eight pages on the other side, which is the other multiple. So you need four plates for each side. Those plates are the CMYK colors. You need one for each color. So cyan, which is blue, uh, magenta, yellow, and then a black plate. And every color in the rainbow can pretty much be made with CMYK plates. So they're these large, large plates and we output those and the pictures are imaged onto these plates similar to what the way negatives would have worked for photos years and years ago you know where you look it up and you see kind of a, a, a partial image that's that's reversed a plate kind of looks like that so it's this large aluminum plate with the images for your book for those pages um, etched on them so we output those take them out to the presses very carefully. Our operators use gloves to make sure that, um, that they're safe. <clears throat> and we're also very careful to make sure and not get them scratched or anything like that because those little pieces will actually show up on the printed sheet. So we try to do that as close to time as printing as possible. And we roll them out um, and put them on the presses. Now we have Many, many, we have several presses, several different types, um, but basically all our offset presses work the same. Um, you take that large metal plate, um, which again is, you know, several feet wide. Um, you take that large metal plate, it gets wrapped around a cylinder that's in the press, one for each color. Um, then as the press gets started, it rolls around in a circle and it touches what's called a press blanket um, and your image is actually put on the blanket and the blanket touches the paper and there's ink involved there and water and chemicals and things like that um, and as your sheet goes through that cylinder is rolling through hitting the blanket and your image is going onto the paper. So that is how 16 pages get on a press. Now of course keep in mind we can't do any of that till we have the right 16 pages. Um, so as soon as we get a group of 16 that will make one press sheet, uh, we get those out to the press as quickly as we can. Um, just so that, you know, by this time we've already looked at them a couple of times, but we want to make sure we're able to take time, watch with color consistency through the run, since, you know, it is liquid ink running through the press the whole time. Um, so we'll run those 16 pages through however many copies we need for your book. If your book is 100 copies, or a thousand copies we run all that through there um, and then we'll set it over to the side to dry because the ink is wet and it's going to take at least 24 to 48 hours to dry before we can touch it and do anything with it um, we want to make sure that it is good and cured and dry and, and not going to smear as we start handling it forward um, so then we once it's dry and you know you'll notice the there's humidity control in that area and then there's also white powder everywhere that's something a lot of people who do come through the plant notice because we're using cornstarch to make sure that your sheets um, don't stick together and magically the cornstarch comes off through the production process when I've taken people through the plant it's always interesting that you have all this white dust in the beginning and none in your book at the end and we're not cleaning that off so that's a, a fun fact um, so once we once they're dry we put them on these large folding machines and we fold them the correct way to make sure that your pages are in the right order so 
So say it's pages 1 six through 16. That's the first pages we got and, and we're completed. We will print all the, we'll have all the copies printed. They'll be folded and then we'll bundle them up and put them in storage racks until all of the rest of your pages come through because um, we can't put a book together without every single page. While that's all happening, hopefully we are also working on your cover. Hopefully your cover proof was, or your cover was designed at the very beginning of the school year or even better over the summer with an artist. Um, and hopefully you have, you've been proofing it, you've been able to see that, and you have given it back to us because we create millions of covers every year. Um, we actually have benchmarks to try to create over a million individual covers by December um, every year. Just it's a benchmark to help keep us on track, like your page deadlines are. You know, it, it helps us make sure we're hitting certain uh, benchmarks so that we'll get everything done in time. Um, so the cover has lots of processes. Every cover is so different. There's so many different paths a cover could take, different applications that can go on it, um, and some of those take a lot of time. So we, we've been working on covers for this year already for a couple of months, um, just making sure that they go through all the proper processes, several of them. I mean, there are some things that can be done to a cover that will take one school's cover a couple days on a particular machine. So we have to slot all that together and, and make sure we can get it all done. So we are currently working on lots of covers. Um, so once your cover is done and all your pages are done, so all however many pages you've got in your book have been through all those processes we talked to you about before, um, then we've got all that ready and we're ready to move it through the process. Now as they're printed, everything also goes through quality control. So every um, a copy of every one of your pages also goes to quality control and they'll review it one last time. So that's you know, at least the third time someone's looked at that page, maybe the fourth. Um, if you got a call from your consultant about a question early on, they looked at it as well. Um, and your cover also gets looked at from a quality standpoint as well. So it's all been reviewed. We've got it all together. Now it goes through the bindery. The bindery is a huge department in our plant. Um, it too, I mean, it takes a few minutes to just walk across. It. There's a lot of machinery. You talk about the bindery, but it's so many processes that happen all at once. Um, the general idea for a sun book, once it goes to bindery, is you gather it, which is basically a great, great big collator, making sure that all the pages are in the correct order. Um, then it goes to sewing. And by sewing, I mean actual sewing machine with needle and thread. Um, your book gets sewn on the sewing machine. Your pages are still stuck together like they were when they were folded. So now it needs to be cut. Um, so we cut three sides off. And then the next step is to match it up to the cover. And it goes through what we call our case making line, um, or casing in line, rather. So that is where the cover actually gets glued and adhered to your pages. Um, glue gets applied to the end sheets. Actually, your end sheets are a very important part of a hardbound book. It's what holds it into the cover significantly. Um, so that all gets glued together um, encasing in. Then there's also additional steps that might happen to some books. You know, we have 
Some, they get a precision cut, a, a hole cut in the cover, and that can't be done to the whole book is bound. So it may go there as well. Um, may have different other handwork applications, certain things on a, on a book that year that only can be done by hand. Um, you know, it may go through our banding area. There's just several different things that can happen in the bindery, and it all has to happen in a very, very high volume. Um, after that, it goes out to our shipping dock and, and, and gets arranged, and, and we, we get them all shipped out in mass, especially in the spring. But uh, we have stuff shipping out of here all the time. So there's a quick synopsis of how a book is made. Um, <laughs> <laughs> kind of quick, yeah. yeah I, you know, I guess the message I want to get across to folks is there are so many things happening behind the scenes that most folks have no idea and there are so many people involved, and of course I'm a little biased, I'm a Jostens person. We have an amazing team of people like you, Jennifer. Do you know off the top of your head, how many people work in Clarksville? I want to say that in our busiest time, we're somewhere around six to 700 people. Wow, that's a lot of folks, and nobody's standing around idle. No, they are all not. moving. Now, we're recording this interview going into December, and for spring books that come out, say, in May and June and so on, what, what's the plant like right now here in December? Is it fully active? Are we gearing up? What's it like? Well, it kind of depends on where you are in the process. Um, we're busy. That's, that's for sure. Our, we are planning and thinking about spring um, in all the activities we do. Some of those areas, like the one I used to manage, and I mentioned copy prep, where your pages get submitted, they're just about full staff. Um, sometimes we'll hire a few more people in February um, just as we approach final deadlines, but they are working pages, they are looking at ads, they are they're going through and, and really looking at every page they can get their hand on um, and trying to get, and they're making your proofs. If you get proofs for your pages, they are working on getting those and, and sending them out to you so that you've got them possibly even before the holiday break so you have a chance to look at them. Um, so they are, they're working. Um, our art departments also, I mean, they've been working strong ever since summer workshops, um, just going through making sure the cover proofs are, are going out as quickly as possible while also taking the time to make sure what you talked about with your artist at workshop is what you get. Um, and a lot of times we really try to keep, you know, that very person who you worked with at workshop if you went, is who we try to let design your cover, if at all possible, because they met you and they know what you want. Um, so, you know, they're busy. And, of course, like I said, our, our cover department that's actually making covers, I mean, they've got huge milestones to hit before the end of December to make sure that they're on track. So they're very busy. Um, in some of the other areas, you know, as a general rule, you know, we're executing just any final steps that we think we need to. Um, we always look at processes and things, what went well, what didn't go well last year, and are always looking for improvements to the process. We're printing a little bit of commercial and, and a little bit, uh, some still yearbooks that deliver in the fall. We still have some of those coming through, and, and we'll be finishing the, those up, always trying to get those done before the end of the year. Um, so, you know, we're, we're working on that. And then we also do a lot of routine maintenance in some of the areas that haven't ramped up. You know, we're going through the machinery, you know, some things are getting taken apart and cleaned and refurbished and, and just overall looked at so that they are in top working order 
by the time we get to spring when they will be running for months on end around the clock, 24 hours a day. Um, we don't want to be shutting down a machine because it's, it's quirky, so we try to do a lot of our maintenance during this time um, if, if we can. If, again, like I said, coverage is a whole different time frame, but we're looking at the equipment again to make sure that everything's running as it should be, so we're ready. That's an amazing machine. I mean, the whole operation, it's an amazing machine. We'll get back to our final part of our interview with Jennifer G., Jostin's production manager here in just a bit. Well, here we are roughly around, depending on where you live, halfway through the school year for this year. And doesn't matter if you have a spring yearbook or a fall yearbook, this is pretty much crunch time now. Even if you're a fall book with later deadlines, the month of January could be a crucial month for you. Now, I've been doing this for 20 years now, and I'm thinking especially high schools, and I'm thinking especially seniors that are on the yearbook staff. It's a funny thing. When you get past the holidays and you get into January, this weird thing called senioritis comes out of nowhere. And for the teachers, advisors, and such listening, you're all nodding your heads right now. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Seniors just, I don't know, the motivation just kind of melts away Christmas and New Year's. And they come back to school and it's like, well, I'm just going to play out the string till I graduate. Don't be surprised if that happens to you. But let's see if we can stop that from happening. And it's all in January. That's the key. Hopefully you already have your plans for January made up. Never, never, never wing it. Have some plans ready to go for any yearbook staff. But especially those high school staffs, maybe they're a little senior laden. You don't want everybody to start checking out, and then all of a sudden you and a handful of underclassmen are doing all the work. That's not a good situation. So if you haven't already, start making your plans for January. If you're listening to this before the holiday break, you got plenty of time then. If you're listening to this after the holiday break, I would say make this a priority. If you make some plans now, hopefully you have them already. But if you make some plans now for the rest of the school year, you will find that part of time will go much, much easier. Otherwise, you're going to be reaching for the Tylenol way too often. All right, January is a crucial month for making your book, selling your book, selling ads, and other aspects. Absolutely, let's work on that. If you need some help, hey, contact your Jostens representative. They have plenty of ideas and experience to share with you. Let them help you out. Now let's get back to our final uh, episode of our interview with Jennifer G. of Jostens. And yes, part of that thing in January is hitting deadlines and why it's so crucially important to get that done. We asked Jennifer that question. Especially for spring yearbooks, they probably have a, maybe they already have their first page deadline has already passed or it's coming up. Uh, and again, depending on the size of a book, it's one deadline, two, three, four, big books, maybe five, and so on. Jennifer, from your perspective from the production side, why do we have deadlines? What What's the purpose of, of kind of spreading the book out a, in, in such a way? Well, I'm actually going to give you a couple reasons. I'm going to jump back into the consultant, Jennifer, you know, from, ten, from years ago. Um, one is to help the school stay on track. You know, we're trying to help you guys eat that elephant of creating a book one bite at a time. You know, years and years and years of doing your books, we know that a school 
year is going to go much better for a yearbook staff and their advisor if they're able to break it up and those deadlines help do that and it helps you enjoy the process a little more rather than you know being at crunch time at the end uh, for the same reason you would encourage your students or your kids if you're a parent not to procrastinate till the very last minute because you know it just causes stress and and it's not as good as it would be um, we encourage that you know just to help you break it up not to mention your students are going to be able to capture moments like homecoming um, with a lot more feeling and clarity right after it happened rather than waiting until they've been away for the holidays and had all kinds of other experiences and, and don't remember it with that same you know passion they did right after the win of the homecoming game. From a plant standpoint, of course it's great for us too, um, it helps the plant manage capacity. You know it is we have a lot of great equipment and we have a lot of great operators but we can't print every book the week it ships. Um, there's just not enough equipment, even in 14 acres worth of plant, there's not enough equipment to get it all done the same week because we work with thousands of books and they have thousands and thousands of copies. Um, so it helps us spread that out, manage it so that we are able to give that extra look at everything along the way. Like I said, you know, we look at your pages, each page, three and four times um, and we need to be able to do that and it takes time to do that we want the press room to be able to check and just take their time we don't you know we don't want to rush just like you don't want to rush those last pages you know I think any advisor who's been an advisor very long knows that it was those last pages they submitted in a rush that probably had more misspellings because you know you you do you you just get in a rush and so it helps us if we can keep things moving along um, and spread out the capacity so that so that we are fully prepared in the spring and able to get everybody their book on time and able to accommodate those oh my goodness emergencies for someone um, who, who may have had trouble hitting them you know we want to be able to help but uh, we have to stay ahead of the game in order to do, to do that now, there are some schools, some folks that they nail every deadline, you know, bang, 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 not a problem. And then, frankly, there are some folks who don't, okay? What, what is the importance of hitting deadlines? Or maybe along with that, what happens if you don't? If you don't hit deadlines, it is much, much harder for us to get you your book on time. Uh, I mean, that is the number one thing. If you don't hit your deadlines, I mean, we have to have, there are simple mechanical reasons, several, several steps and processes that it has to go through. Um, if you don't hit them, then we can't commit to that date that you originally were shooting for. Um, if lots and lots of schools don't hit deadlines, I mean, we will, we will work overtime in the plant. We do. We have people who work overtime every year. And to make sure we get the books to you, but if lots of people don't make miss de make their deadlines, then it makes it even harder. Um, and if you know, especially a school that meets their deadlines, we're going to move heaven and earth to get you your books on time, and, and we will. We will get you your books on time. Um, if you don't, then then we have to start negotiating ship dates. Ship dates move. And we have to relook at it and see how far behind you were, and and then your your rep has a conversation with you, um, most likely, and, and it just it doesn't always go well. We meeting deadlines helps us all; it really does. 
I've been at this since my 20th year, and to my knowledge, in 20 years of working with a lot of schools, I've only had one instance where a, a staff got their work done on time, and we missed their ship date, and I think we missed it by two days. There was something happened, and we missed it by two days. One time in 20 years. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, I've had tons of instances where folks nail their deadlines. They actually get their books early yeah. because they've you've done your part, school. You've done your part, and so we at Jostens are super appreciative of that, and we'll probably get your books a few days or a week early, which everybody seems to like. So bottom line, folks, come on. Get those deadlines. It's really important for everybody. Now, Jennifer, sort of a side question here. Uh, most folks do their books online now, but there are still plenty of folks that use software like InDesign or our Monarch online setup for InDesign to make their books, and they get page proofs. Mm -hmm. Now, in the old days, everybody got page proofs. Now, not so many. But for those folks that still get page proofs, Jennifer, explain briefly, why is it important for schools when they get those proofs, they need to move? They need to do something immediately. Why is that important? You know, it's all it all goes back to that capacity. It all, you know, we need to be able to move those pages. And we print in 16 page increments. When you give us page 1 through 16, we're going to inspect it, look at it, call you if we've got questions, and then we're going to the press room with it because we've got to get those things moved. And I know that is scary for some advisors. They're like, oh, but what if I find a mistake? You know what? If you were only working 2 to 10 to 15 pages, 16 pages at a time with your proofs, then you had the time to probably go through and review those proofs carefully. And, and it helps us you know, keep the pages moving. We can look at them again. We will ask you questions if we see things on there. We, I promise we will. That is what I did for 10 years. Um, so, it, you know, it just helps us keep things moving along. Um, it also helps you if you save all 200 pages of your book. That's going to bank for a really, really long weekend and a lot of late nights right at the end, which is going to be very stressful, and you're going to miss things on the proofs. And then you're going to be rushing to call even that one day later going, oh, no. So you're really not saving yourselves a lot of mistakes by trying to hold them till the end because you're probably more likely to make mistakes. That's at least what my experience was working with advisors um, for years and years is, is it, you know, the ones that went ahead and worked on the proofs and moved along, you know, they were able to take their time and care. We're able to take all the additional time and care in the beginning of the year um, and we can get stuff printed and get you your book on time. Which is a good thing, yes. Let's talk briefly about covers. I've seen the cover plant. It is incredible. Mm -hmm. The uh, the cutout cover is done by lasers now. Not in the old days, by hand. It's done by lasers now. And uh, all the different kinds of effects. I'm fairly certain Jostens has more different kinds of cover effects than anybody out there. I'm fairly certain of that. Um, of different kinds, but it all starts with our cover artists. Now, I'm a little spoiled. I'm actually recording this interview at our state college facility, which I refer to as the Creative Center, and just around the corner is our art department in State College. Amazing people. Jennifer, talk about our cover artists. I mean, they can do just unbelievable things. They can. They can. They are, they are such a talented group of people. And all of them bring so many different talents to, to the process. Um, you know, our artists travel to the workshops, um, to a lot of workshops, so they're able to meet with schools directly. And if you met with an artist, you understand 
you know, how fun it is to see them, you know, a bunch of students in a room explaining and saying, what about this? What about that? And, you know, the artist is working away on their computer and then, or, or even drawing. Many of them actually can do it by hand as well. Um, most do it with technology now. Um, but, and then they turn that computer around and they're like, yes, that's exactly what I wanted. You know, they're able to capture um, the feelings and the emotions and just exactly what the, the school wants. Um, so we do, they'll, they'll go out to workshops to meet in person. We do do live artist sessions in plant, or like you said, in our state college facility and any of our facilities where our artists are, we even do virtual artist sessions, um, where if you just can't make it to a location where your artist is for whatever reason, you can set up a, an online meeting, um, where they have a video just like this and, and they're able to design your cover as you're describing and brainstorming. Um, the other thing is because they work with so many schools and many of them have been doing it a very long time, they really have firsthand knowledge of what the trends in yearbooks are because they're working with several schools and they know what the students are asking for. And so they'll help and suggest things and help you figure out to accomplish what you want with your cover to make it unique while also capturing our great cover capabilities all the things that, that we can do with a cover that nobody else can. They know how those things work and they can help bring your design to that. They're just, you know, just they can capture what the staff wants to express and they're just so talented and fun to watch. I wish I had that artist bone in me, but I do not. Um, but it is great working with them and seeing the creati creativity they come up with all the time is fantastic. Jennifer, you're talking to Mr. Stickman here, okay? Uh, I can't do art to save my life. But thankfully, we have an amazing group of people that can. And again, so many different effects. Burnished covers. Check out those folks sometime. They're, that's amazing. Love those. Uh, glow-in-the-dark ink. Yes, glow-in-the-dark ink. Uh-oh, now I've made somebody think. So get together, folks, with your Jostens representative and really brainstorm. And folks, it's more affordable than you might think. I think a lot of folks, Jennifer, are scared. They think, oh, that's way too much money. Folks, you might be surprised. Do a little digging, at least with Jostens, and you might be surprised. You can do this kick-butt cover, and it doesn't cost as much as you might consider. So anyway, off my soapbox. One final question. Let me see if I can surprise you here a little bit. Oh, no. All right. You've been, I've been at this a long time. You've been at this a long time. A lot of things have changed in the last, for me, 20 years. I mean, we used to, folks, shoot pictures of pages with a camera. We called that camera ready. Well, that's so old-fashioned now. It belongs in the Smithsonian. All right, it's old news. Now, we're not going to give away any secrets here, Jennifer, but look down the line. Can printing change? I mean, could there be some amazing new thing that could, you know, change things? Or is it pretty much this is the printing process and this is pretty much the way it's going to be. You know, there's, there's always new technology. What I hear about in, in rumblings of what could be coming at different things, we're always looking at, um, number one, better, more efficient processes that will, you know, increase speed, but also, you know, what can we put on, on paper? You know, what can we put on paper that we already put on covers? What, you know, how can we, can we do that? Um, you know, a lot of the technology too, there's there's all kinds of digital printing technologies and we do have some of that. I know I talked a lot about offset. We have a full digital printing area as well, which works, you know, we split the work and use it for what it works well for and we use offset printing for what it works well for because 
we're printing experts and we know. And so, um, but there are unique things that we can do. And even a lot of our covers, like you were talking about, have, I mean, they're, they still start out as paper and become a cover and, and are able to do things in printing. So, you know, the, the technology, it has changed so much in the time since I've been here. Um, and it is ever-changing, and every time I think I've seen everything, then they come out with something new, and it's like, oh, how did you do that? And how can we get that to a school? Um, so, yeah, I mean, different, you know, different technologies, like inkjet technologies, you know, we have, we have a new process for personalization um, that we've implemented in the past few years that was inkjet technology, which is something a little bit um, different than it had been. So, yes, we're definitely always looking at new new things, and, and there are definitely surprises, I think, in, in store in the future. For folks who are fans of the Harry Potter movies, all right, you've, if you watch the Harry Potter movies, they have the newspaper there, and there's an image on the newspaper, and it kind of, we're working on that. Now, we're going to freak somebody out, like, really? We're working on that, folks. Jennifer's working on that. Yeah, there we go. my special projects. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jennifer, we really appreciate you taking some time to kind of explain sort of the, the back end of things that a lot of folks will never get a chance to see because they're just, again, too, they're too far away from a facility. It's just not, not manageable. But there's a lot of things that happen, and our Jostens team, again, does such an amazing job, uh, all the facets that you describe. And we appreciate you taking some time to describe all that today to us. Thank you very much. Well, thanks for having me. It was great talking with you. Well, thanks again to our friend Jennifer G., production manager for Jostens, for sharing about two decades worth of experience as both a plant consultant and then later as a production manager and also working for corporate with Jostens. She gave us some great tips and ideas. Hopefully you took some notes and you got a lot from that. Now let's go take those notes and make them work with your staff so that you can have an even better yearbook and a better effort this year. We appreciate you listening. Thanks very much. And we'll catch you next time on the Yearbooking Report podcast.